you so much for tuning in to the Everyday Life Bible Study Podcast. I'm Paul Church, and I just want to express my appreciation to you. Those of you who listen on a regular basis, I truly mean that, especially those of you who um, help to promote this podcast um, by sharing it on your social media profiles, telling your friends, neighbors, family members about it, and also those who uh, would leave a review. Uh, you might be listening to this podcast on any number of different platforms. We are available on several, most of them. Um, but if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that particularly uh, pushes this podcast up in rankings, and it actually helps to put this message out in front of more people who need it. And so, man, thank you so much to those of you who have done that, who are going to do that as soon as you get done listening today. So it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, we are going to take a look today at a story in Jesus's life, an episode here, uh, where he made uh, an observation, an observation that has profound impact on us today. Uh, last week we looked at, or last time, we looked at um, Jesus and the woman who was caught in adultery. And we mentioned then that there are several episodes in Jesus's life that we've highlighted um, where he had encounters with women, at the woman at the well, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, the, the sinful woman that broke open the alabaster jar over his feet. Last time was the woman caught in adultery. And today we're going to talk about another one. Uh, there was an old, Bible calls her an old woman who came and put just a little bit of money into the offering, and Jesus took note of it, and he responded to it. Today, this has big implications. I say implications. It has application for our lives today. Um, a lot has been preached about this poor widow and her two mites that she puts in the offering. It's usually preached in regards to offerings and tithing and things, and it definitely does apply to our finances. However, I want to challenge you to view this in regards to the whole of life and the free will offering that is our lives to God. Still, the story is about her monetary offering, I've said many, many times that money is the final frontier in spiritual transformation, um, not because God wants or requires or needs our money, but it's because of our own hearts and the greed of our own hearts that uh, when we're willing to uh, put money where our faith is, uh, put money into an offering at our local church or give money to somebody in need because we feel like that the Holy Spirit is prompting us to do that. When God has that kind of control over our wallet, over our uh, purses, uh, our cash, our checkbook balance, well, he has control over our whole selves because we hold tight to money and valuable things. So today we're going to talk about the widow's offering. Um, the topic is specifically about money, but once again, I want to challenge you to think of this in terms of our whole lives. So let's look at Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 41, just a few verses here. It says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting in putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. Uh, 
But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. So this widow, this poor widow, she gave two copper coins. We know them as the widow's mites. Um, Let's kind of put this into perspective. You may have read in the Bible where it talked about a denarius as a term of currency, um, a, a denomination of currency. A denarius was a day's wage. A mite, one mite was one sixty-fourth of a denarius. Uh, so one mite would basically, if you look at a five-hour work week with eight hours a day, 40-hour work week like that, it'd be an eighth of an hour. Um so to put this in modern day perspective, the average income last year, 2019, in the United States, average income for the average home um, was a little higher than I anticipated it to be, but it's $63,688. And so once again, looking at a five-day work week, 52 hours, uh, 52 weeks a year, we typically, if you're in that kind of schedule, you you take two weeks of vacation, but you still get paid for it, most likely. So 52 weeks a year, five days a week, a one work day, that would be about $245 a day. And by today's standards, two mites would be $7.66. So it's not like she put in two pennies or just a few cents in our modern um, equivalency. It's not like that at all. Today's equivalency, that, that, that few cents that she put in would turn into $7.66 today. Well, maybe now it's a little closer to home and our understanding. Have you ever been in a situation where you've only had about $7.66 in your pocket? Or maybe that's even all you had to your name. You know, I got to believe that there's some people listening who can identify with that. And the question I have for you who would who says, yes, I've been there. I know what that's like. Or I am there. I know what that's like right now. Would you put that money into a free will offering? I remember the time, I remember when we were, when I was, me and my sister, we were growing up, we were younger um, in Indiana, and we grew up, by the world standards, we were poor. Um, We did not live as though we were poor. Uh, Yet, I mean, my mom, she cooked amazing meals with the little that she had. She turned it into something special all the time. Uh, We had our needs provided for. Um, We enjoyed life. But we were, by the world standards, very poor. And I remember this story that I believe mom shared uh, with me that something that her and dad would do periodically um, they would go to Hardee's. Now, Hardee's, if you're on, if you're out east in the United States, you know what Hardee's is. If you're west, it's Carl's Jr. It's the same company. Um, but in Brazil, Indiana, they would go to the Hardee's. Um, that restaurant's still there. And um, they had plastic uh, coffee mugs. 
that you were able to get if you you could buy them. And then after you bought the plastic coffee mugs, and you're old enough to remember this, you you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, they would give you free coffee every time you came in with their plastic mugs. And so um, they each had their mugs. And so they would take them to Hardee's, buy a 59 cent hamburger, one. And at that time, Hardee's had a salad bar and they didn't mind if you, at least I don't think we, we did it anyway. I don't think they minded, but, <laughs> but um, you could take your hamburger and to the salad bar and you could dress it up, put lettuce, tomato, pickle, onion, whatever you wanted to all on there. Um, and we would take our hamburgers and just load them high. So one little tiny uh, 59 cent hamburger turned into something pretty deluxe, I suppose. And so mom and dad would take their two coffee mugs, get free coffee, buy one hamburger for 59 cents, 62 cents with tax. They would take it to the salad bar and load it up with their favorite toppings. And then they would cut it in half and they would share the hamburger just so they could say, we went on a date at a restaurant. We went out to eat on a date and the whole thing cost them 62 cents. So yes, by the world standards, we were poor. Yet, I remember that mom and dad still would give faithfully to God. Dad would never miss. He gave, they gave faithfully to God, even, it when, even when it was all they had to live on. You know, Vicki and I have been in that situation as well, where we really need this money. Yet, we've served God long enough to know that, you know, he's not going to let us come up short when we're faithful to him. And this widow put in her $7.66 into a free will offering. Now, according to the Mishnah, the Mishnah, thanks for asking, is the first major written record of the Jewish oral tradition. Uh, And according to the Mishnah, there were 13 chests in the temple treasury uh, for collecting offerings. And these chests were shaped like trumpets. And I'm I'm having a hard time imagining what that must look like. But uh, the temple treasury, you see, was not just a money box. It was a space, about 200 square foot space in what was called the court of the women uh, so that anybody could come into it. And there were different chests, 13 of them, all for different purposes, all, um, d- depositories for specific offerings. There was one that uh, was for the half shekel temple tax. There was one for purification offerings. There was another for sin offerings. And instead of bringing burnt offerings, they could bring the monetary equivalent and put it in the appropriate chest for whatever offering they were bringing. Uh, so a variety of different specific offerings, each with its own depository. Then there were a few that were designated for free will offerings, undesignated money. I'm giving this because I want to. So while others had specific amounts to be given, these did not have such restrictions. And so they could give as much or as little as they wanted to. And the rich, it said, the Bible says, made a big show of giving a lot of money. But when it comes down to it, they were just showing off. They gave from their abundance and didn't really sacrifice anything. However, this poor widow gave everything she had to live on. Look, $7.66 can't get you that far, right? Uh, You can buy lunch with it still. Um, You can't supersize your lunch, but you can buy some lunch with it. But here's the thing. 
she didn't have to give it. So why did she? She had already done everything. By the time you get to the free will offering, you've already done everything you're required to do to be a good Jew. Why would she give the rest of it, all she had to live on when she didn't have to? Now, the Bible doesn't give any commentary about her motivation. So to answer that question, maybe we should just consider ourselves. I mean, why would you do something like that? Maybe you um, really believe in the tithe, and we're not going to get into that uh, discussion about tithe or uh, pro or against, but um, um, let's say, okay, I believe in tithe, and so I'm going to give my 10%, and, and you've done that, and you're faithful to that. And then you think, man, but I, I don't have much to live on afterwards, but I'm going to be faithful with that tithe. And then you take that leftover money that you have, and you look at that, and you say, you know what? I'm going to give this in a free will offering. It's all I have to live on, but I'm going to give it. Why would you do something like that? You might call it a demonstration of faith, of reliance on God for life, you know, an understanding of God's economy. But all this reveals the heart. You know, Jesus praised the widow for her great faith. I understand that my $7.66 is not going to sustain me anyway. So I might as well just give it to the Lord, right? (laughs) But it revealed the condition of her heart toward God, the strength of her devotion. She was poor to the world, but rich toward God. Others who threw in money for the show of it were rich to the world, but poor toward God. But you know, the interesting thing is I'm sure that others who saw them throwing in their bags of money probably thought, man, I wish I was like that. Look at how much they're able to give, you know, and I just need, I just need money. If I had money, then I would give money. And then the question is, what are you giving now? Because if you're not like this poor widow who's giving, who's, who's putting in everything she has to live on now, you're not going to do it if you come into wealth. You know, sometimes people don't feel right about giving small amounts, you know, well, or I'm embarrassed to give that little in an offering. I've actually had that conversation before with somebody because the Pharisee mentality is still so prevalent today, you know, that the amount is primary, but, but no, it's not. The amount is secondary to the heart. Jesus says, I'm telling you the truth. She's given more than anybody. Well, no, she didn't. She only gave a few cents at the time, right? She only gave $7 and 66 cents. And these other people, they're throwing in tens of thousands of dollars in equivalency, right? But Jesus said, no, she gave the most because he doesn't count the money by dollars and cents. He counts it by the heart. Giving all you have to live on demonstrates great strength to God. It exercises great faith in his ability to sustain you. You know, many in this, uh, many who are listening um, aren't in this position because Honestly, most of us, I'm sure, can give freely without too much sacrifice. But there are others um, who would make a great sacrifice when they gave anything. There's some listening here, I'm sure, that if you gave anything, it'd be a huge sacrifice. Well, maybe that person is in a better position than the ones who don't have to worry so much about money. Yeah, I can give. It doesn't really cost me anything. You know, I'm not going to miss it. David when he bought the piece of ground from, who was it, Obedidam for the building of the temple. And the guy just wanted to give it to David, you know, the land. And, and David says, look, I, I will not sacrifice to the Lord that which costs me nothing. No, I, I'm, I'm paying for this. I'm buying this. 
And so it's it's something when we give to the Lord, it's 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 to cost us something. We need to feel that, right? <clears throat> I can't give it all, we say. So we no longer have our money, but our money has us. Let me kind of go back on that and re- repeat that again. When we when we come to that place, but sometimes when we when we don't have much money, we say, I can't give it all. And so we no longer have our money, but our money has us. We say, I need to keep it, so I have it. But what what really happening is, is the money is the one that has us because it has control over us. And in this way, we become servants to money. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You know, people say, well, I I can't serve at the church. I don't have the time. So we don't keep our schedule. Our schedule's keeping us, right? Look, I I know the struggle is real. But the question we have to ponder today is, who am I serving? And all of us need to answer that question because none are exempt from the struggle. The money in our checking account, that balance holds power over most everyone. It's the It's the rare individual who can claim true stewardship of their money. And I say uh, stewardship instead of ownership because when you come to that realization, you understand that you don't own any of it, right? Uh, It all belongs to God. And this widow gave everything she had left in this voluntary offering. She could only do that after she gave what she had to give in the required offerings, you know, you walk into just about any church in the United States today, and you'll you'll discover we do not have uh, required offerings. It's all voluntary. You know, they'll say, you know, they might preach, look, give ten percent, but honestly, it's it's voluntary. It's something that's determined between God and yourself. And so, and you think, well, there's no way I'm I'm not going to do that, right? So, what do I do with what's left? Well, what do you think happened to the widow after this? Do you, do you think that she became destitute, that Jesus drew her out and made an example here and just praised her and, and, and showed her to his disciples and this woman and what she did and great faith and all of that? Do you think that after that episode, she just left and starved to death because she couldn't buy lunch anymore, that she went destitute? You know, somehow, I think she made it. And I'm confident that God honored her faith in action. Listen, he's promised to be faithful to those who are faithful to him. Do you have any doubt about that? Do you think that that if you give God your time, that you'll just run out of time? Or if you give God your heart, that'll break it? Or I said before that all our money belongs to God. And the same thing can be said about your life. I said at the very beginning of this podcast that, look, this is about money specifically, but I want us to view it not just about money, but about the whole of life. 2 Corinthians 6 says, you're not your own. You've been bought at a price. Your life is God's, all of it. He made you. He can claim ownership over your life, yet he's given you the free will to do with it what you please. What kind of free will offering are you going to make of your life to God? 
when all of it belongs to him, right? Yet he gives us that control over what we do with it. So we do the required things, right? We we go to church, right? We we do we do good things and we don't do so many bad things. We smile a lot and we're we're nice to people, which well we're, we're, we're nice to some people, most people, and, and, and then it depends on if we're having a good day or not, you know, or, or whatever, right? So we do all the required things that good Christians do. Then what do we give him with the leftovers, with, with what's left? What about that free will offering of our lives to God? Man, I can say, give the rest of your life in free will offering to God. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you quit your job and, and move to a foreign country and, 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 and do missionary work, right? What that means is that the rest of your life is a free will offering to God. That God, everything that I do in word or deed, I do for you. I do unto you. When I go to work, Lord, I am yours first. Work through me, Lord, and I offer all of this to you. And the how I'm acting and how I'm treating people and the kind of work, the quality that I'm even putting into this thing here, Lord, it's all for you. You make your own decisions about life, what you do and who you'll be, right? Well, Lord, help me to be more like you no matter where I am or what other people are like around me, you know? We can suppress our anger and paste a smile on ourselves, or we can truly give God our whole lives. So help us, Father, to do just that. I put my whole life into this free will offering, putting my faith in you, Lord, that if I live my life unto you, not just the Christian service parts of it that we're required to do, but I'm talking, Lord, every piece. Lord, I know you'll be faithful and you'll bless this life that I live. Doesn't mean we're not going to have hard times. The widow, I mean, she's a widow for Pete's sake, right? She went through hard times. She didn't have a lot of money. She's going through hard times. Yet, she was close, she was, she was close to, she was rich in God. Well, that's about it for today. I want to encourage you with this. I hope it's encouraging to your life. Thank you so much for listening. I pray that the Word of God would become alive in your everyday life. Bye.